0: Hello everyone, Brian Tuck back with you again, your host at Creator Confidential, as we navigate this troublesome time that we are in, the time of coronavirus, and this episode is geared towards exploring how the live events industry deals with this, with all the stay-at-home orders that uh, various state governors have now enacted. Everybody is in their house. So as a presenter of live events, obviously that poses a massive, massive problem. So we're going to talk about evolving, about growing, and reacting to market conditions in the live industry. Today, I'm really proud of this episode. I'm joined by Patrick Brogan, Chief Programming Officer at ArtsQuest in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and also by Gerard Longo, founder of Underground Music Collective, who is uh, joining us from Nashville, Tennessee. So without any further delay, let's get into it. You ready? Let's go.
1: You're listening to Creator Confidential with attorney, author, and musician, Brian Tuck. Brian's legal practice is focused on arts and entertainment law, startups, nonprofits, and faith-based organizations. To learn more, visit tucklaw.com on the web. Creator Confidential starts now.
0: Good morning, everybody. Is it still morning? It's uh, almost morning. I don't know anymore. <laughs> Thank you for for joining me, uh, Patrick. Thanks for coming on. I know you've got uh, uh, you guys are busy over there at ArtsQuest for sure. That's uh, the understatement of the year, probably.
2: Everywhere, every business right
0: now. We'll get it. We'll get into a little bit more detail in a second. But I also wanted to introduce uh, one of our panelists, Patrick Brogan, who is a very, very smart man that you should listen to. Patrick is the Chief Programming Officer at ArtsQuest, and I think everybody on the call today is in the eastern part of Pennsylvania. But for those of you watching this later, if you're not familiar with ArtsQuest, it is a large arts nonprofit based in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It is the presenter of Music Fest, which runs for 10 days in August every year, uh, going on 35 plus years now. It is the largest free music festival in the United States. And uh, Patrick is integral in that organization to booking all the artists and making that enterprise run. So uh, a massive task, Patrick, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me. It's a great uh, staff I get to work with here. Uh, that only makes me look smart.
0: Um, also the, uh, joining us in a few moments is Gerard Longo. Uh, Gerard used to be based in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, he has since moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and he's the founder of a website called Underground Music Collective. And really, is one of the hardest working people in terms of supporting independent artists, uh, presenting events, writing concert reviews, writing reviews of recordings. Um, he's really out in the trenches, and he's got a great perspective from another uh, from another part of the country. Uh, obviously, Patrick and I are in Eastern Pennsylvania, so um, it will be good to hear what Gerard has to say uh, when when he arrives. Um, so just real quickly, just a few parameters. Um, in 2019, PricewaterhouseCoopers released a study that projected the live music industry to be a $31 billion business annually by 2022. Now, just as with recorded music there's a long tail okay there's a small group of artists that are making the lion's share of that revenue but there are many many independent artists and those are the people i'm really thinking about with with this discussion who are playing at the local pub they are playing at the local winery they're doing a happy hour gig from five to seven And then they're going playing with their their rock band or their blues band from 8 to 12. And the kind of people I'm thinking about with respect to this discussion are those people that are relying on getting 8 to 10 to 12, 15 gigs a month at $100 or $150 a piece to get by. When you're self-employed, as you know, in Pennsylvania and many other states, you're not eligible for unemployment. So if you are self-employed and your job goes away, you're in big trouble. You have to evolve and do something else. You have to find another way to make money or find another livelihood. So what we want to try to talk about is ways that we can preserve uh, preserve revenue from live performance without having to change jobs. Um, right now, I know everybody's been, it's oversaturation, with the news. But right now, um, it's uh, March twenty fifth. I have to look at my watch because we're all working from home and no one knows what day it is. Uh, But as of today, we have stay at home orders that have been issued by the governors of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, and many other states. Uh, I expect we're going to see quite a few more of those. So this has nationwide relevance. Um, I do want to say that Based on what I've read of what Governor Wolf has done, I'm not 100% sure the stay-at-home order is enforceable or would withstand a judicial challenge. And I I suspect there is some public interest group, whether they're libertarian-leaning or, um, or, or, or perhaps rightward-leaning, that may be thinking of filing a court challenge. Do not be surprised if you see that happen in the next week or two. Um, with really the First Amendment guaranteeing the right of, of uh peaceable assembly. The government can and can't restrict travel. I mean, that's one thing. If there's a war, if there's martial law, or something bizarre happens like that, which anything now seems possible. But it, in Pennsylvania, we have a governor essentially telling most businesses to close. So we've never been in this boat before. There are certain powers that are given to the governor uh, in the, under the Pennsylvania code. However, public health emergency does not cleanly fit into any of these laws. We are completely in uncharted waters. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see how this shakes out. Um, obviously, we've had many festival cancellations and postponements, South by Southwest, Glastonbury, to name a few. Uh, the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, which normally occurs in April, is getting moved to uh, fall of 2020. Uh, I read this morning the Tokyo Olympics, I believe, are moving back one year to 2021. I haven't seen an official announcement about that, but I think that's what's going to happen. And every major tour postponed. Postponed. Right, nobody's on the road. Elton John, Foo Fighters, Tool, uh, you name it. So, I think the assumption, and uh, Patrick, I'm going to get out of your way in a minute here. No, Um, I think the whoops. I think the assumption here is at least a year. We are going to be in this mess for quite a long time, and I think anybody that thinks, um, you know. Two months and everything's gonna snap back to normal. I think you're in for a rude awakening because even if and when the governor, when the governor lifts the order, I think there's gonna be a large contingent of people that are going to stay at home. And for anybody that's been booking gigs or trying to make a livelihood as a as a working musician, you know how hard it is to get people out of their houses when they have Hulu, Netflix. Disney Plus, uh, those really are who you are competing with as a live uh, performer. So clearly the task is how do you replace live gig income? The clear solution, I think, obviously, and we'll talk a little bit about how to do this, but migrating to online events as rapidly as you can, but monetizing those performances, that's the key it's it sounds simple we'll just go you know just go online play on play on youtube uh or facebook post things on instagram i mean that's that's great but the trick is monetizing all of all of that content um so let's pause there and then i'd like patrick maybe if you wanted to give us your take on uh on where we go, uh, where we go from there. Um, that would be, that would be ac- excellent.
2: Sure. And, and I, you know, it's uncharted waters for everyone right now, <clears throat> venues, musicians, uh, tours, agencies, managers, uh, the music business, and obviously leaders, the world, uh, government. Uh, so, you know, g- giving that it's, Uh, a very fluid developing situation every day and that it's you know there's no maps uh for where where we are or where we're going um i think i've seen some examples of artists finding success finding some success in uh monetizing some online gigs uh i'm aware of at least one or two companies that are working to build uh, a better safer uh, larger platform uh, to allow artists to do that. Um, In the short term, one of the first thoughts I'd offer is what what I've seen a lot of is people posting at four in the afternoon, hey, I'm going live tonight at 7.30, right? Or, um, you know, I'm gonna gonna go, go live in an hour. I'm gonna go live in 45 minutes, right? And I think one of the thoughts that has to be a guiding principle is, treat it like a real gig. And that window can short. You might be saying, "Oh, I have a you know Friday." It might be what is it? Uh, Wednesday now. Saturday night. I'm going to be at you know X and X bar would be what you'd be saying in regular time. You know, the Corona era. I think you can keep that shorter window two, three days. But you need. But I'm talking days, not sometimes it's minutes, sometimes it's hours. That artists are trying to promote a show that I, you, you need days still. It's still a gift. And so you know, and, and then from that. I think trying to find the right platform to treat it like a gig, like there's a $5 cover at the gig. There's a $10 cover at the gig. There's there's whatever that cover is at the gig. Um, so it's, you know, and then however we do that, whether it's using Zoom and putting it out, uh, uh, you know, that you have to register and you've got to pay on PayPal to get the registration code to see the show, or I know Eventbrite is working on some sort of, platform for artists uh to uh that would require a 15 20 dollar you know whatever the the artist wants to set the price at to to get in and maybe working with some of the venues that they that they typically work with uh that would use it for ticketing platform so you know some of these things are coming maybe some of these things never come uh but in the meantime i think my first thought is you know the the ham going live in 30 minutes um even if you're recording it People like to be a part now more than ever. People are isolated and apart. I think now more than ever, they're looking to connect in some way uh, uh, on a live platform like, like Zoom or, or whatever you might be using. Do
0: you um, see... I, I mean, I, I think anybody that's done um, done that, they've put a vir- like a virtual tip jar, you know? So like if you go on Facebook and first... Yeah. In the first comment, you drop your PayPal information. Um, I don't, I think we're, there's a, there is a psychology that we're going to have to get music fans on board with that I I know First of all, I know everyone's been hurt. Companies are closing uh, the the hospitality industry, uh, travel. Everybody's getting beat up by this. So being sensitive to that, of course, but at, at the same time, we have to get we have to get the psychology of the music consumer, the music fan, uh, to change a bit in terms of you know, can you send this guy three dollars or five dollars or whatever whatever it's gonna be? And maybe the price point is a bit lower, and hopefully by aggregating a larger number of um Uh, of people together that uh, you will generate more cash that way. I I don't know. Um, I uh, want to say hello. Uh, Gerard is with us. Gerard, how are you doing down there?
3: Uh, Doing well, Uh, holding up, you know, as best we can. We're all kind of uh, shut in right now, but, you know, just trying to make the most of the time at the moment and just trying to, um, trying to find ways to keep working despite all the challenges right now.
0: We, um, bef- before you joined us, we were just kind of surveying, you know, the, the general situation and then uh, Patrick had a few thoughts about what might be happen- happening, happening uh, systemically. Uh, Gerard, what are you seeing, what are you seeing happen in Asheville? Because you've probably got more performers per capita down there. Uh, than any other metro area besides maybe New York or LA?
3: Well, right now, I mean, we're um, we're really seeing, you know, a couple things. We're seeing people upended by this, number one, because you, they can't go out and play. They can't go on tour. You know, a, a lot of projects, a lot of tours, everything's being halted, you know, in that regard. So people are having to scramble, not only in that sense, but a lot of these folks also work the service industry jobs that are out right now bartending, uh, wait, waitressing, that, that kind of thing. So you're seeing a lot of people out of work kind of in this twofold way. But by that same token, what we're also starting to see is people who are being resourceful and using their digital presence and figuring out new ways to create with that, new ways to engage their audience and generate income with that. You're seeing tons of people doing live streams of virtual tip jars. You're seeing people really just trying out things that maybe they've been meaning to try and just experimenting with digital platforms in different ways. So there is a lot of challenge here right now. We don't know quite how long this is gonna last, but there's also a lot of opportunity for growth and innovation through all of this right now. And that's something that I think is important for all of us to keep in mind is we all do have the opportunity to grow from this and learn from this.
0: With respect to um, the delivery system, if you will, um, you know, obviously everybody, you know, a lot of people are on Facebook. A lot of people are on Instagram. Um, do you see any trends emerging in terms of, of, you know, wow, this really looks like the go-to uh, platform. Like, for example, I see a lot of articles now pushing Twitch because Twitch has a more seamless integration, because that's how all the gamers, you know, that, that are posting game gameplay video, that's how they're all getting paid. They're all getting paid on Twitch or on Steam, for example. Um, that's typically been a platform I would think of for, uh, again, for, for gaming, not for music. Any, Anything you have seen that would uh, support or contradict that, just out of curiosity?
3: I've definitely seen um, an increase of people using Twitch for their live streams, Um, certainly something that musicians are rapidly becoming acquainted with. Um, Also, Instagram has been huge. I mean, you see tons of live streams pretty much any time of the day right now on Instagram. It's a little uh, less sophisticated in that regard, you know, as far as you know, the quality of the stream, but it is a good way to just quickly hop on, play some music for your following, engage your following, and maybe generate some virtual tips. Also, there's been a lot of focus down here on, okay, what other ways can I, can I bring people into the business of what I'm doing? So we've had some people down here also sharing their advice and expertise on how to create a marketing funnel, how to bring people in and help them make purchase decisions as it pertains to music music and your merch. So you do have people now kind of forced to look at things from a more business-minded standpoint if they already weren't doing that and just leveraging different platforms in different ways depending on the strength of the platform one thing we're doing in underground music collective is we're bringing one of our uh, live events that we usually do at douglas corner cafe to uh, facebook live through a partner agd entertainment this friday and we're going to have donations set up for the tornado relief because we did did just have that tornado blow through here few weeks ago as well and, you know, it's just, it's a new territory for us, but through the software that AGD has and through the artists and the platform that we have, you know, we're going to work together and hopefully create something that we can carry forward even long after this is over.
0: Yeah. And i I apologize for not even asking, um, you know, the fact that a tornado is, is, you know, not the big story, uh, <laughs> says quite a lot and i know that went through east uh the east part of town down there and then really displaced quite a few people
3: yes uh, um certainly it's it's been you know a one-two punch <laughs> for us here right. um you know as far as you know the tornado and then people you know start opening up their businesses again certainly not all certainly some will take months and months to rebuild physically and recover and, but once things start kind of resembling normalcy again, and the community's coming out to help. We're hit with COVID-19, and, you know, it really is this one-two punch. It's been really tough on the economy in general here in town, you know, an economy that's been thriving for quite a while. So, But this is a resilient community, you know, and we are doing everything we can to band together while staying at least six feet apart, as the mandate goes currently, you know. And, you know, it's just something that, you know, I think, you know, we're going to find out if we're strong enough to recover from it. And I think we are.
0: Definitely. Um, It does look like there is a temporary relief package that will be passed today. Uh, 1,200 individuals, which will be phased out over $75,000 in income. So it looks like there's some temporary relief in terms of checks that are going to come to everybody uh, in the short term. I think this is a good Opportunity, though, to think strategically and to retool your business uh, in in terms of let's have a stronger online presence, and and of naturally, ArtsQuest is uh, ahead of the curve on this. And Patrick, I was wondering if you could tell us about ArtsQuest at home a little bit because I think uh, having this—I don't want to say the seal of approval, but but having the, um, the ability to be under the ArtsQuest umbrella in terms of like promoting certain artists who are live streaming, it, it really is helpful to the independents. I was Ryan if you could tell us a little bit about that?
2: Sure, so as we face what everyone's facing, what we do Is connect people to music, to art, to comedy, to cinema, to whatever it is. We're a convener of community in a way here at ArtsQuest. And so, you know, it took all of one conference call with the team to say, with the programming team here, to say, okay, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna still do what we do? And uh, we came up with this ArtsQuest at Home concept where we wanted to integrate as many different pieces of the business uh, into a resource website. And I'll, I'll kind of work my way back to music. And so from visual arts, it was pretty easy to set up a couple of hashtags and add a couple of gallery shows we had coming in onto an online gallery. Uh, we're working on a virtual First Friday for next week uh, that I, I think we'll be announcing later this week or early next. Um, and we'll have different elements of what would be a First Friday uh, all hosted on, on our, our, our site. Um, the, the movie club started the, or the movie group here started a a, a great cinema discussion uh, thing. They're doing every other day. You get the assignment a couple of days ahead, and you can uh, sign up to be a part of the discussion. Again, allowing a platform like this for people to connect over ideas and and cinema and, and uh, themes and and love and loss and life and, and all that. Uh, comedy. We've been doing a couple of live comedy shows uh, on Zoom, uh, stand-up shows, improvised stand-up shows where the audience can give some some interactions. I'll tell you that the "Everybody Show Your Pet" moment is a <laughs> highlight of those shows, um, and uh, and worth tuning in for alone. lot. Um, and then you know, on the music side, we certainly are by no means a comprehensive. Uh, resource but what we wanted to do was continue to be a resource for local and some of our favorite festival or steel stacks artists from over time uh, a resource for that they're doing shows and to be able to push that out we're we're an arts presenter we're a music promoter and a concert promoter and so you know this is our way to continue to promote concerts that are happening uh, and uh, by We have a a form on our website. Anybody can go to artsquest.org backslash at home. You can, if you're doing a live stream at home, you can drop your information there. And within 24 to 48 hours, 24 hours, so we'll get it up on our website. We're updating it multiple times a day uh, with upcoming live streams. and, uh, And then we're also going out and kind of beyond that, we're curating some of our favorites that we see happening across the music industry. Uh, and say, oh, I saw that the string—the infamous string dusters—are doing a show uh, every night this week at eight o'clock. So let's throw this up on our site. We think our audience would be interested in that, um, or or whatever that might be. So there's the, I'll say, local regional music scene uh, that's invited at no charge, obviously, to to submit their live stream information. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, some additional artists that we're we're seeing uh, that the music booking team here is seeing. On our feeds, and are interested, and in, I think our audience might be interested as in well.
0: Okay, and and I'll put uh, I'll put links to everything that you that you, where you want to direct people, or Gerard, you know, where you want people to be directed to uh, that you think would be beneficial for them. I'll post links uh, wherever you see this content, whether it's whether this gets uploaded to YouTube or, or wherever. Uh, it will be obvious uh, how you can uh, take advantage how you can take advantage of that. Um, okay, so wanted to really kind of keep this short because I know everybody's uh, working from home and uh, in, the middle, uh, in the middle of their work workday. Um, one thing that I think is important to consider is building a subscription model for your fans. And that builds in some regularity to your income stream. And, and, you know, the first thing you've got to do, and I can't get back to my screen, uh, because. but in any event, um, you know, the first thing you've got to do is identify your ideal customer. This is like building a business in any other industry uh, right now. So you want to define who that person is very specifically, and you may start with something as obvious as, who are my YouTube subscribers? Who are my Facebook followers? and then try to go from them out one degree. Um, consider what you think, you know, how many of those people you need at a reasonable number to support you. So if you lost $1,500 a month in, uh, in income, uh, then how many people do you need to pay you every month to get you back to that number or close to it? So maybe that's 200 people at $5. Maybe it's 500 people at $5. I mean, the answer will be different for everybody. Um, I think presentation is going to be very huge. Uh, obviously, um, if you didn't know who Zoom video conferencing was before this happened, now you know. Um, I'm seeing resources like B&H Photo and Video, which is a great online resource for cameras, lighting equipment, uh, microphones, uh, advertising like crazy. And there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve in terms of all of those technical, uh, technical aspects, but for sure, the quality of your presentation is going to become really important because now you are competing, you know, you're not just competing against the other bands that are in your town You're competing against everybody worldwide and you are competing against Hulu and you are competing against um, Disney Plus, YouTube, all of the binge, you know, all the binge watching, um, uh, you know, things that uh, people are doing at home now for for hours and hours. So for musicians, it's going to get, it will get tougher before it gets easier, I think for sure. Um, I like Patreon. I think it's a good platform. There's no out-of-pocket costs. Uh, Patreon is compensated on a percentage basis of the money that you generate from your followers. So it's not a site that costs $29 or $59 a month to belong to. Um, and I think you've got to figure out a, a very easy way for people to get money to you, whether it's Venmo uh, a lot of people in my experience re- are resistant to PayPal for some reason. Um, Venmo, uh, Zelle, I mean, you name it. There, there are many, many online payment companies now. The the real irony here is Venmo is owned by PayPal. It's the same company, yet uh, people's reactions to it are quite different. Um, so that's all I have for today. And um, You know, I really wanted to thank everybody, uh, Gerard and and Patrick, especially for uh, spending some time today with us, and uh, I hope we all are uh, getting in and out of this in one piece, and everybody stays safe, and and please listen to your medical health professionals and stay home, or at least uh, keep your distance, so... Uh, everybody, thank you very much, and uh, stay safe. And uh, we will all be together again, hopefully very soon.
2: Cheers to that! All right, Thanks, Brian.
0: Thank you, everybody. Take care. Have a great day.
1: Thanks for listening to Creator Confidential. To get future episodes, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or follow the show on SoundCloud. For updates about future podcast episodes, essays, or live events, just text the word CREATOR to 66866. That's CREATOR to 66866. You can also visit us on the web, Twitter, or Facebook. CREATOR Confidential is a production of Force 10 Media and the Tuck Law Office.